Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch, and uh, it's just going to be me today. Josh's Wi-Fi is kind of giving him a hard time. Um, so he asked me if I could hold down the fort on my own today. I said, no problem. I got a lot on my mind that I want to talk about. Um, I feel like there's a lot still on blues fans' minds, especially everything considering this offseason. Um, in my opinion, I feel like the Alex Petrangelo conversation is kind of uh, weaned its way out. We kind of t- we hit it from every facet. I feel like we don't need to talk about it anymore. We can talk about it in passing a little bit, but I want to look forward today um, to the Blues 2020-2021 season, so next season. Um, so I think that'll be a lot of fun. That's what you guys can look forward to today in terms of an outline. Uh, at the end of the episode, we'll probably do just off-season in the NHL in general and who we think, uh, well, who I think, I guess, um, are the winners of this off season and kind of put themselves in a better position than they were before. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com right now, type it in your phone, google.com. You know how to do it. You do it all the time in your laptop, whatever's near you. Um, builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, all caps, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So, like I said, builtbar.com. Locked on in the promo code. Make sure you put it in that box, all caps, and you'll get 20% off your next order of the greatest tasting protein bar you've ever had in your life. So that being said, let's get into it. Now, let's let's take a look. Let's take a step back and let's look at this team just kind of on paper right now, right? So we've got subtractions from the team from last year, notable subtractions. We don't have Jake Allen anymore. That's kind of, I think right off the bat, that's kind of a, that's a scary one for me because Jake Allen had a, essentially a career year last year, right? And we've always talked about, like you can you can take whatever side you want of the fence on that whole goalie controversy the entire time with Jake Allen, with Brian Elliott, and then eventually coming into Jordan Bennington and Jake Allen. Um, but the fact of the matter is, every single time Craig Berube was asked about it, he noted the importance of goaltending depth and said it's a great problem to have. The fact that we can slot either one of these guys in there every night and they're going to put out like a good performance. Um, any team would love to be in that position. Problem is we're not in that position now. We have a goaltender as our backup, Billy Huso. Um, obviously was kind of touted before Jordan Bennington. Like everyone expected him to be ahead of him in the depth chart. And then Bennington just kind of came out of nowhere and set the world on fire. Um, so obviously there's a lot of hype surrounding him and people are anxious to see what he's capable of. But the fact of the matter at the end of the day is he's unproven. So that's kind of scary. Um, Jordan Pennington, I do expect a bounce back year from him. Um, just because, I mean, it's your typical sophomore slump in terms of a goalie and goalie. I like, we talk about it all the time. Goalies are weird. Um, but everything about like the eye test and uh, the talent of Jordan Bennington, everything we saw in that cup run, everything everything we saw in uh, the All Star game. I mean, when you, when he's on his game, he's one of the best in the league at shutting down breakaways and shootouts. 
Um, I think the, the cup run season was a good outlier of that. I think he stopped like 90% of his, his shootout attempts, which is just absurd. Um, so that being said, he'll be able to pick up the slack, I think, I hope, um, that Jake Allen was kind of able to do last season. But like I said, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, um, it's still kind of a question mark. Alex Petrangelo, obviously a notable subtraction. Um, we talked about that time and time again. But I think Tory Krug being a notable addition is going to fit in well with this team as well as the fact – I think the only real problem here – because I, I think who's I don't know who talked about. It. I think it was Andy Strickland said that Tory Krug might be a better fit for this Blues team. I would honestly, I would tend to agree that in terms of play style. The only thing is like the chemistry is not there yet, so there's going to be a learning curve there, um, and just kind of understanding how guys play and getting used to like a new team, but also the new team getting used to him, right? Because like Justin Falk, I think they're expecting them to be that top pairing, and Justin Falk. Uh, has been used to, I don't know, like not getting that many minutes, right? So that's going to be new for him as well. Um, just a whole, it's just going to be a whole different landscape, you know? And I think the only, really the only thing with Petrangelo that's going to be a noticeable, I mean, there's going to be a lot of noticeable differences, but the minutes too, I think, is going to be difficult for, to get eaten up, I guess, from, from the entire defensive course. So we'll see how those get divvied up. Um, I have faith in this team. I think they're still talented, um, but I just wanted to point out like all the question marks, and it's going to be, it is going to be weird. I think they're going to be able to do it, but it is going to be. I think there's going to be a learning curve, and I just want to prepare Blues fans for the unfortunate event that the Blues don't win their first eleven games in a row off the season because. Honestly, in the first 11 games of the season, they could very well be below 500. I mean, it's going to take some time, like I said, for these guys to mesh together. Um, another note, another noticeable subtraction is Alexander Steen. I mean, you can, you can talk about, um, this fourth line all you want and how good Sunquist has played and how good Barbashev has played, but really the catalyst and the veteran experience of that entire fourth line during the season when we won the Stanley Cup was Alexander Steen. He kind of tied that whole thing together. Everyone in the locker room kind of looks to him as a leader, even though he doesn't have um, the C on his chest. He still has that um, tenure and experience and all those years in the organization. Like people, people, when people hear your voice, they turn their head and listen. Um, and that's kind of what Alexander Steen brings to the table. And along with, um, like, really, we talked about this on the last podcast, but the identity of the Blues has kind of been like Alex Petrangelo, Alexander Steen, Vladimir Tarasenko, and guys like that. So your identity as a team is kind of getting a shot there, too. Um, I will say, though, the Kyle Clifford edition, I love that. I think he's going to slot in on our fourth line and our play style really, um, really well. And I know... Toronto fans really enjoyed him and they kind of reached out to me and said, Hey, take care of the guy because you got a good one. And so I'm excited to see what he brings. Um, but like I said, at the end of the day, that identity and that tenure with the team and everything Alexander Steen brought to the, to that fourth line, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to see how they, how they kind of mesh that and glue that and patch that back together. And also, like at the end of the day, we could very well see Alexander Steen like halfway through the season and he's back 100% playing well. But there's also a very good chance that he doesn't play. Like he's also getting up there in age, right? So if he's not coming back 100% and his body's like failing him and he thinks, like, damn, like I really just like 
can't hang with this play anymore because my body's just like failing. There's a very real chance he could not play this season at all. Um, same thing with Tarasenko. I mean, if he comes back and his shoulder feels weird again, it's like, oh, it's good. Those are big shoes to fill is what I'm saying. And also like, it's kind of segueing into that. Another big subtraction is Tarasenko. Like if, if he's not on our power play, if he's not, like I said, offering that identity, that veteran experience, and also just that lethal shot from, uh, every angle and anywhere you want it, he's got that playmaking ability. Like, that's going to be tough to make up for in production. And that's why I think a lot of Blues fans were excited at the idea of um, us acquiring Hoffman, who's still available, by the way. Um, Dadanov is not. But I think that I think that makes a lot of sense for the Blues. I know Doug Armstrong said he's done making moves. Um, but even when you, if you look at our power play, like a guy like Hoffman would slot right in there, 30 goal scorer, uh, lethal shot, can actually take one-timers. You'd love to see that. Tarasenko never takes one-timers. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that would make a whole lot of sense for this team. Um, but in the event that Steen and Tarasenko, like like I said, don't play the rest of the season, I think Doug would probably make a move at the trade deadline and we might have the Taylor Hall situation all over again. At any rate, before we move on, I want to tell you guys about the newest book I'm reading is called Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius. Um, it's available now wherever books are sold. From the best-selling authors of the Daily Stoic come the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue. To accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. Sports teams across the country are applying this popular f- philosophy by using stoicism's key idea. You control how you respond and play. You don't control what the refs and fans do or how the ball bounces. It's about what you do to adapt. So like I said, Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. Highly suggest you guys check it out. Um, a lot of the ideas in that book can be applied to the sports world. And I know everyone listening to this is a big sports fan. So highly suggest that one right off the bat. Also highly suggest talking about erectile dysfunction because it's not easy. And most of the time we just brush it off like it's like I lost my mojo or had a long day at work. I'm tired. I was cold. Anything along those lines. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Like I said, getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash xxx and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. So like I said, go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL right now, today, this instant. And if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Go check them out, guys. They're doing great things over there. All right. Now that we got those under our belt, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Vince Dunn. Because we, we still haven't addressed what's going on with him as a team, right? He's a restricted free agent, got a qualifying offer, 
And after he gets a qualifying offer, his Instagram goes completely dark, zero dark 30, Bravo six going dark. Like he's playing cod out there. It's like splinter cell, right? No posts, none from a guy who's well-dressed, always keeps his hair nice. He's a solid looking dude. Probably one of the biggest man rockets on the team. It's not like he's just going to go, you know what? I don't really care about Instagram anymore. Let me delete all these posts. No. The guy obviously cares about what he looks like, right? So I think there's something going on there that's that's a little bit deeper. Um, not really sure what it is. I know a lot of people on Twitter like to speculate that he's going around in trade talks and what have you. I really don't think that's the answer in this situation. Vince Dunn is a fantastic defenseman for this team. Obviously, like I said, when the playoffs were going on, his the pl- his play in the bubble does not dictate who he is as a player. And just the upside and potential he brings to your offensive zone, the skating ability he has, the vision he has, I don't think that's as easily replaced in a third-pairing guy as a lot of Blues fans seem to think. So, um, Another question mark we have going down the line, David Perron. I mean, he's, he's 32 years old now, so you've got to expect at some point that he's going to decline in play, right? Given the physicality that he plays with um, and the grind he plays with. I mean, he's kind of, he loves getting under the nails of uh, the other team and like being a thorn in their side. Um, so obviously anytime you have a play style like that, you're going to get slashes, punches, uh, cross checks into the ribs, what have you. Um, so he does have the mileage on him. We should be expecting a decline at some point. And last season, he pops off for one of his best seasons of his career. I think he scored the most most goals he had since uh, 2013. He scored 28. He had 25 golosos. Um, so obviously, that's fantastic if he can continue that style of play. Um, I think, honestly, just from looking at the eye test, he's got to be the best shooter on the Blues just behind Tarasenko. Um, and he's a force on that power play as well. So I think a lot of the Blues... Uh, production offensively stemmed from him last season. Um, and obviously this season, they're going to rely on that more than ever, given all the guys that are out now. So we'll see what happens with that whole scenario. Another question mark on the same line is him, Zach Sanford, because last season we saw Zach Sanford as a scapegoat for all Blues fans' woes, saying trade him, get him out of here. He's terrible. Uh, he's a pylon on the ice. He can't do anything. Uh, why is he even out there? Why is he on the second line playing all these minutes a night? And then next thing you know, he pops off and for five goals a game, scores like 10 in a seven-game span. Guy was a player on fire, man on fire, we like to say. Um, So it was very Jekyll and Hyde season from Zach Sanford, right? We saw on one side... Um, it's, and it's gotta be hard too. Like there's no way he doesn't see all those tweets and stuff saying like, get his ass out of here. And like, you know what I'm saying? So that takes a mental toll on you too. And it probably takes a shot to the confidence, right? So he's going out there gripping the stick a little bit tighter. Finally pots one loosens up. And next thing you know, he's a completely different player. We saw the same thing as with Justin Falk in the playoffs, finally scores a goal and he was the best player in the playoffs, I think for the St. Louis Blues. Um, so that being said, I don't think – I don't know. I, I'm going into the season with an open mind on Zach Sanford because we saw what he was capable of and we also saw – like it's we saw both spectrums, right? 
we saw what he's capable of offensively, and I think why Craig Berube and the front office love him is because he's a big body, smooth skater, soft hands, and he's got a good shot too. It'll fin- he'll finish the puck when you need him to. Um, so hopefully we see more of that side of Zach Sanford this season instead of the beginning of the season when everyone was up in arms about his his performance. And then the bottom three, we're just going with prospects, right? I mean, we got Jordan Cairo, who Doug Armstrong said is going to play a considerably bigger role this season. Um, but, I mean, obviously, league-wide, you take a guy like Cairo who's been touted since as, – as the one of the Blues' top prospects since – I mean, we were talking about him in the same conversation as Tage Thompson, so it's been a while. Um, and I don't, I don't think there's any reason to think that Jordan Kyrou won't be a fantastic NHL player, especially in a league that's built on speed now. He's got plenty of it. Um, but he is still a question mark just because we haven't really seen it yet. We've seen flashes. We saw flashes from Robert Thomas, too, and then the next season he took that next step. I'm looking for Jordan Kyrou this season to take that next step. Um, so expecting big things from him. But that being said, still a question mark. And all of these question marks on on my page in front of me are starting to add up. So that, in my mind, is a little bit scary. Uh, Another question mark, Clint Costin. Doug Armstrong also mentioned him in the press conference taking on a bigger role. Clint Costin, the thing with him, I I think everyone is kind of in the same boat, especially when he came up a little bit, um, that Clint Costin's just kind of electric, right? Because he brings... Like he's that hybrid player that we talk about with Sammy Blay. We talked about it with uh, Jake Neighbors too, a couple episodes ago in our in our two part fiasco. <laughs> so um, yeah, he's he's that guy that can score piss missiles um, from the point or from the from the bumper on the power play. Uh, he can go flying through the neutral zone, beat a guy with a deke, and then swim through him, shove him aside, or just skate past him. Um, but he also brings that physicality. He's a heavy hitter. He's not going to shy away from from big hits. Uh, he's going to lay it on you. But at the same time, I think last season in the AHL, he had 94 penalty minutes or something like that. So uh, maybe discipline is a factor there. Um, that's something that kind of comes with maturity and like development in his play. And, and he'll, he'll find his feet in the NHL. And I think um, given... Given everything that he brings to the ice in terms of talent, I think there's no reason to believe that he won't be an NHL player, at least on like the bottom six, but maybe top six role too. You never know. Um, But that being said, there's still going to be that learning curve of, okay, I'm in the NHL now. Maybe I can't be like chasing guys across the ice, trying to light them up just because they pissed me off, you know? Um, And he's not afraid to fight either. So that's going to add to the penalty minutes as well. But that also adds momentum too. So we'll see what kind of player we have with Clem Costin um, this season. I feel like we'll get a we'll get a big enough sample size to actually make like a maybe a soft verdict on how we feel about him. Um, but it is going to be exciting to finally see him in an extended chance in the NHL. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then the last final um, question mark that I have is Scott Perunovic, because I feel like a lot of people are expecting him to be up with the club this season as well. Um, obviously, if you got a guy that won the Hobie Baker Award, uh, that's that's a big accolade to add to your, to your laurels. Um, and everything I've heard about this kid, like he's doing all the right things. Um, but he is like your stereotypical undersized defenseman. Um, so he's going to play with a lot more speed 
and in a physical grinded out style with the St. Louis Blues, he's going to have to figure out how to mesh into that that kind of play style, I guess. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, but he plays, in my opinion, he plays a lot bigger than his size. And he's not, I don't think he shies away from the physicality just because he's an offensive defenseman that plays at a high rate of speed. Um, but like I said, NHL is a lot different than the NCAA. So that's a big jump to make. So we'll see what happens. Um, but that's kind of all the, all the question marks that I have laid out on the list. Uh, but I, I'm I'm still excited for the season. Excited for this team. I think they have a lot of talent. Like I said, um, the question marks are there. Every team has question marks going into every single season. Um, it's all just kind of how those question marks turn into answers. And once they do, that's when you figure out what kind of team you have in front of you. So, um, nevertheless, I'm going to take a short break for. Um, Word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with our winners and losers of the offseason. All right, guys, we're finally into the fall season, right? Leaves are getting crunchy. Weather's getting a little bit colder. And you can start getting the smells of fall into your system, right? But if you still want to work out, but you want to remain festive, uh, you I... In my opinion, I'm not going to be taking protein bars that are like chocolate or summery, you know? I want something to fit the theme. So, our friends over at Built Bar got you covered. Their new Apple Almond Crisp Bar is absolutely fantastic. It's the best tasting protein bar you'll ever have. It has at least 15 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams net carbs, and barely over 100 calories. So, you're getting all the pump. And none of the plump, you know what I'm saying? And if you act now, I got a special going on because they like us so much and we like you so much, we partnered up. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Go 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 see where that little promo code box is. Type in LOCKED ON in all caps. You'll get 20% off your next order. So like I said, just to reiterate, 20% off the best tasting protein bar you'll ever have in a fall flavor to go get yoked at the gym with the boys or the girls. Promo code locked on in the box. Go check it out. Apple Almond Crisp. Chef's Kiss. Amazing. All right. We're getting we're getting close to the end here. So really fast, I'm going to give my picks for the winners of the offseason. Um, to get number one out of the way because it's going to sting, I think I got to go with Vegas Golden Knights here solely because – um, obviously they tried, they tried to lose, to move Marc-Andre Fleury. That didn't happen. Kind of worked out well for them because Leonard's having surgery, I believe. Um, and then anytime you're a conference, you, you make the conference finals and you add a number, a true number one defenseman in Alex Petrangelo, that top pairing of Petrangelo and Shea Theodore is going to be absolutely disgusting. Um, going right off of that, I really like what the Senators have done this offseason. Um, obviously they've made some really stellar draft picks. Um, but even past that, the signing of Dadnov and uh, Matt Murray, I think solidifies. Like you can say what you want about Matt Murray, but he, he's got the rings to back it up. And I think he's a solid goalie, a lot better than what they had in the past. Um, so it's finally going to solidify the back kind of half of their team. Um, and then obviously bringing in Dadnov and finally giving Brady Kachuk somebody to play with. That's going to be a lot of fun too. So maybe they're not going to, I don't, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team yet, but they're going to be a lot better than they were. And I think that's a step in the right direction for them. 
Um, in similar fashion, I don't know well, how well this team is going to do because of like chemistry concerns and like all things considered, but bringing in Eric Stahl and Taylor Hall for the Buffalo Sabres uh, to help out the production with Jack Eichel, I think I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch too. Um, I still don't think they have a number one goaltender, so it's going to be tough for them to make it very far in the playoffs if they get there. Um, but, I mean, just those names on paper alone, that's a big offseason for them as well. And then uh, Detroit Red Wings, I feel like no one's really talked about them as much as they should. But they, like, we talked about how much cap space they had, right? And how they could make a bunch of moves in the offseason. They went out and got Bobby Ryan, Nemetsnikov, Mark Stahl, um, and they bought out Ab- Abdelkader. So, I mean, it's not like they're just sitting around trying to wait for another draft pick again. Um, they're trying to get competitive fast. And I think that the moves they made this offseason. Um, make substantial steps towards getting there. So big ups for the Red Wings as well, as much as it pains to say me. Those are just kind of off the top of the dome, uh, but it, it looks like we're about out of time here. So if you guys agree with me, um, tweet at me, 12 or 15. Uh, you know the drill. If you disagree with me, same thing, tweet at me, 12 or 15. Uh, we can have discussions, arguments, whatever you guys like, um, but it's no hard feelings. Those are just um, the top teams off the top of my head. Um at any rate, though, thank you guys so much for listening today. You can follow us at Locked On Blues on Twitter and Instagram. Like I said, you can follow me at 12-15 on Twitter. But as always, let's go Blues. 